Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello and welcome to Trail Mix here at Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dusty. While our long format episodes explore one hiking trail and one national park, one park at a time, our short format episodes called Trail Mix dive deep into an area we didn't get to cover in our long format episodes. And since we're currently exploring the trails in Yellowstone National Park, this Trail Mix is all about buffalo. Or bison. And we'll get to that distinction in just a few. We just came off of a trip where we saw a lot of bison. We did. Or, or buffalo. buffalo. Yeah. Right. The first time that we saw them was when we were, I think we were driving, not even in the park, but to the park in Teddy oh, Roosevelt. in Teddy Roosevelt. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roosevelt like right National from the park. highway. Yeah, they were just there. They were just there. It was there. just kind of like... In the oh, fields. Yeah. Beyond. And then we saw a ton of them throughout the park, which was incredible along with a a myriad of other wildlife which we i don't know i don't think i would have ever dreamed of seeing we had that experience and it was it is majestic i i understand but i don't condone why people get so close no right um, right, by any means but i understand there is like a weird allure because it does also seem definitely not the case but like it is a gentle giant kind of like but they are not gentle. But they are not. Not and gentle. Nor should you ever approach a wild animal. But I no, can see especially why... especially a buffalo. Right, I can see why people might. I, I do. Yeah. I do have in that, the, like... In the world of, like, oh, it's it's so different, hypnotizing in mm-hmm. that way. You just, yeah. you just described your night at the gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I want you to just estimate how many buffalo do you feel like we saw... Oh, my God. ...between Teddy Roosevelt and Yellowstone? Like, how many do you feel like you had eyes on at any moment, like, in total? I feel like easily a thousand. Like, I'm bad at judging crowd sizes. I didn't say a million, though. (laughs) Um, But it felt like, especially in Lamar Valley, I just felt like you turned on the one side of the road where it was just that sweeping valley and then the hills. There were just tons of them. 
Like, and if they weren't close to the road, they were specks in the distance and you could really, really make them out still. You knew that they were buffalo, even though they were far. Like, I just felt like it was thousands of buffalo. Yeah, I think I agree with you. At least a thousand buffalo we saw. And again, we did see some that were very close to... The, the, car, the car, the road. We had a weird experience in the parking lot, mm-hmm. you know, that we, we were forced to flee from by someone that's sitting that's across true. from me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we did. We did. We did. Because but, someone else, another person decided to get very close I did to not. take a photo. That is no, a not you. I'm saying oh. the other person. <laughs> did you see how I flew in into defense? Parking, I did. I did <laughs> What's see. my defense mechanism? Defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that other no, person that other, did. That, that person got out their camera and decided fool. to get about like five feet from yeah. that bison and it scared or the buffalo. bison or buffalo. <laughs> right. And then that buffalo started bucking and mm-hmm. it was not great. No, and I wasn't. was like, we have to get out of here right now. That mm-hmm. will, that buffalo will run right toward mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. But yes, a ton, a ton of buffalo slash bison for sure. First, we would like to acknowledge that while hiking on the land, also called Teddy Roosevelt National Park, that we are on the traditional and stolen land of the Mandan, Hidatsa, Arakara, Métis, Assiniboine, Cheyenne, Ocheti Sakoan, and Hunkpapa people. And while we were hiking on the land also called Yellowstone National Park, we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Eastern Shoshone, Crow, Cheyenne, and many others. To answer the question, is it buffalo or is it bison, one could look at some scientific explanations, which cite origins from other parts of the world and divergence in species, and one whose horns are bigger than the others. However, we would like to defer to Irvin Carlson, the director of the Blackfeet Buffalo Program and the president of the Intertribal Buffalo Council. In an interview with CBS this morning, he said, quote, we don't call them bison, we call them buffalo. We think of bison as a white man term, end quote. The buffalo and the indigenous people of the land, also called America, go hand in hand. There is no way to speak about one without the other, especially when it comes to indigenous tribes of the area, also called the Great Plains. According to the Atka Lakota Museum and Cultural Center, the Tatanka, or buffalo, is sacred to the Lakota people because it gives all of itself so that they might survive. The buffalo becomes many things, including food, clothing, tools, and food storage. Often the skull of a buffalo is included during Lakota ceremonies to remember and honor its sacrifice. The buffalo have served as resources for the indigenous people of the land also called America for thousands of years. But this changed with the entrance of, wait for it, can you guess? That's right, white settlers. Is there anyone out there who didn't honestly think that? I'm curious. (laughs) After white settlers from Europe had taken over essentially all of the eastern side of what is also called America, they began to move west using phrases like, how the West was won as a way to paint white settlers as hero figures, taming the wilds of the West, when in reality there were Native American tribes living peacefully in their communities that they had built in the plains. During this time was also the building of the Transcontinental Railroad, which we all know paid everybody super fairly and didn't cause anyone any harm or pain at all. Between colonization of the West, including the building of this railroad, it put Native Americans in the Buffalo in direct danger. This led to an event called the Great Buffalo Slaughter. In the 1870s, there were between 30 million and 60 million wild buffalo roaming in the Great Plains. During the time between 1870 and 1899, so many buffalo were hunted and killed that it left only 300 buffalo in the wild. Yeah, this was... um... Yeah. 
So that literally, was a lot to take in at Yellowstone when tens we read that. Of millions of buffalo yeah. slaughtered. Yeah. Tens of millions. Yes. Multiples. <sighs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was, po- you know, there was poaching was a part of this too. Oh, yeah. There was a lot going on. Oh, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of reasons for yeah. it, which we're going to get into those reasons in a minute. Yeah. But like there's, it is just like. It's genocidal. It's genocidal. Mm-hmm. And, and well, right. We were, white settlers were already being genocidal toward right. uh, Native American people. Yep. They were also doing this toward their number one resource. So why were many buffalo slaughtered so quickly? There are a lot of answers to this question. For starters, a growing middle class of mostly white settlers and their descendants began a high demand for beef, so they wanted to make room on the plains for cattle farming. Also, after the Civil War, industry was growing and growing, and buffalo skin made for strong machinery belts. This was also like Texas was one of the only spots where there was an ample amount of cattle farming, Mm -hmm. and they could not keep up with the demand. Mm. So that was why they needed to get rid of buffalo in the Great Plains in order to put them there. Also, the U.S. government's attempt to prevent Native American tribes from following the buffalo was to create the reservation system. One of the many reasons they created the reservation Mm -hmm. system. This was an act of control to establish Native land and non-Native land. Because... They, I mean, it on the books, have said over and over again that they wanted the Native American people to behave in the same way mm-hmm. that white settlers had behaved, which was, you know, basically creating urban areas and suburban areas, mm-hmm. cities and towns mm-hmm. and whatnot. And they have their one piece of land, and that's just that. Mm-hmm. And further control of indigenous people came from controlling and eliminating one of their most fruitful resources. So if white settlers barreled through uninvited and literally slaughtered millions of buffalo, why do there seem to be so many buffalo in the areas also called national parks, specifically Yellowstone and Teddy Roosevelt? After so much bison slaughter had occurred, in 1894, Congress finally made it illegal to kill any birds or animals inside the confines of Yellowstone National Park, which is where a lot of this was happening. Right. While this didn't stop the killing of bison, it helped to reduce the rate at which they were being killed. And this allowed for an interception to happen to prevent buffalo from going completely extinct. Through many years of careful planning and partnering with conservationists and privately owned herds, the number of buffalo was able to be restored so that it is no longer considered endangered. Today, the U.S. Department of Interior manages 11,000 bison, I say bison, that's their word that they used, in 19 herds across 12 states. Mm -hmm. Though there are about 500,000 in total in the area we call North America. Which is amazing. Not as good as it was, was, but to think about a species that was decimated down to, you know... Almost nothing. Almost nothing to rebound is incredible. But one of the things they say all the time is like, if you get rid of the buffalo, you get rid of the Indian. There's no world in which that was not part of the agenda. Sure, of course. But, as it will not be a surprise to literally anyone the rate of buffalo restoration can be seen growing alongside the rate at which we hand over the responsibility of buffalo restoration to indigenous people. While recent headlines of the return of land to indigenous people include the National Bison Range to the Salish and Kootenai tribes and the restoration of buffalo to the Quapaw tribe, the effort of indigenous people to protect and restore buffalo started long before that. 
In February of 1991, members of 19 tribes gathered together in the Black Hills of South Dakota for one goal, and that was, quote, to restore bison on tribal lands for cultural and spiritual enhancement and preservation, end quote. And this became the Intertribal Buffalo Council, who have worked every day toward this mission since that day in February. And it has grown. The Intertribal Buffalo Council now consists of over 60 tribes across 19 different states. And through their work, they have returned over 20,000 buffalo to over a million acres of tribal land. They have also been working on the Indian Buffalo Management Act. This is from their website. Quote, For nearly 15 years, the Intertribal Buffalo Council has been working tirelessly to secure a permanent federal obligation to support tribes in restoring buffalo on tribal lands. There have been recent milestones in the advancement of this process. On November 18, 2019, Congressman Don Young of Arkansas and co-sponsors Congresswoman Deb Haland of New Mexico, Mm -hmm. who we all know is now the Secretary of the Interior, Interior, and Congressman Tom Cole of Oklahoma, introduced the Indian Buffalo Management Act, or H.R. 5153, to the U.S. House of Representatives. On February 5th, 2020, members of the Intertribal Buffalo Council testified before the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Natural Resources Subcommittee on Indigenous Peoples of the United States about the Indian Buffalo Management Act. The bill was received with overwhelming support and positivity from our representatives. We are optimistic and look forward to the next steps End quote. So I checked on this bill Mm -hmm. and it's still it's in the current Congress, Uh but it is still sitting there. It has only been introduced to the Committee on Natural Resources. Got it. So it hasn't moved on since then, Mm -hmm. but it could. But it's going to take, you know, all of our support of that. And just a little more, I think, pressure. Yeah. On all of those voting members, and that can come from all of us. Yep. And through their work with the National Bison Association and the Wildlife Conservation Society, they were able to pass the Bison Legacy Act of 2016, which officially established the bison as the United States national mammal. I love that. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. That's great. If you'd like to get involved in their work, you can go to itbcbuffalonation.org and follow their work and make a donation to help and support to continue their work. And now, let's end this trail mix with a game. You ready to play a game? You know it. My original thought for this game. Okay. I wanted to do a game called Endangered by Capitalism. Meaning, like... Identify <laughs> right. Identify the other animals because at, we can literally see buffalo were slaughtered because of capitalism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I was like, what other animals might have experienced Succumbed. something similar yeah. because of capitalism? And, and do people. you know what? There's a lot. No, upon researching it, do you know what? The answer is... Literally all animals. Yeah, that sounds about right. Did you know that in 2019, the World Wildlife Fund for Nature published that officially um, the animal population was down by 60% due to exploding human consumption? <laughs> Our failing <laughs> earth, everybody. Um, that just made Mike really Welcome excited. Welcome to my dark corner of the universe. <laughs> 
corner. My dark corner. <laughs> Welcome to my dark corner, everybody, where we talk about all of the things that are so dark in our lives. Seriously, this is the dark corner I um, occupy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know I, you do. Mm-hmm. I know you do. Okay, so. I put on my Cure t-shirt. <laughs> so now the, the game is called Endangered or Not Endangered. Great. Some species just like buffalo, mm-hmm. have come back from being on the endangered species list. Sure. So I'm going to give you an animal, and you have to tell me, currently, right now, mm-hmm. is that animal endangered or not endangered? Can I ask a clarifying question? Sure. If they're not endangered, may they still be threatened? Oh, yeah. That okay. means that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just they're not, not on like, the endangered species sure. list. They're just... They could still be threatened. Right. That's true. I mean, not great, but... Not great. Th- that's a clarifier. And right. I want everybody out to... N- they're out there to know that just because someone... Something... Is, is off not, the endangered yeah. species list. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's not, not off the threatened problems. species right. list. Mm-hmm. It's true. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Great. Just spirals. <laughs> Orangutans. Endangered. Yes, they are critically endangered. Like they are of the most endangered. And they're our closest um, primate relative, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Cool. The panda bear. Endangered. Not endangered anymore. Thanks to the work of those really working to restore the panda bear. Well, I know pandas in the captivity don't like to have sex. Mm, That's true. And in fact... I believe, I don't know what zoo, but I know that there were some pandas in zoos during COVID because there were not people all, all the way around oh. that were impregnated and became oh, pregnant interesting. because they don't they like don't people to watch like people to watch or to be around there. Makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Southern white rhinoceros. Oh, endangered. Not endangered. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I'm mm-hmm. happy to hear. The bald eagle. Not endangered. That is correct. Mm-hmm. It is not endangered. The Channel Islands fox. Endangered. No. Oh, okay. It has come off of the endangered list. It's the golden, no longer I the endangered. the golden eagles are the, um, was it peregrines? What are there now? I thought they were eating them more and more. Oh, I don't know. As far as the as far as, last yep. reports that I read That's great. that were just I'm glad published, to hear. they were not I'm endangered, technically. The black rhinoceros. Endangered. Yes, critically endangered. The hawksbill turtle. Not endangered. It's critically endangered. Okay. Yeah. The grizzly bear. This is a game where no one wins. <laughs> <laughs> the, grizzly the grizzly bear. bear. Not endangered. That is correct. The Sunda tiger. Endangered. Correct. Critically endangered. The gray wolf. Not endangered. Correct. It used to be, mm-hmm. but there's been a lot of work. There has been. And so they're not anymore. And finally, the peregrine falcon. Not endangered. Correct. Not endangered. And that was endangered or not. This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. We're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at Gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, Gaze at the National Parks. Com. That's Gaze, G-A-Z-E. 
All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the gay shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Middlesex County, New Jersey. 